This is a Quizable Cast, episode 48B, 2008 Rob Pilatus Trash Tournament, recording two. Oh, let's try toss up number one with this packet. Treasuries of this comic are nearly universally titled after fine arts paradise to include animals. A slight exception is the limited edition 2008 color strip treasury, The Crass Menagerie. Among the minor characters is the adorable Duck, a veteran of an unknown war that bombs intruders on the protagonist's yard. It does. Pearl's Force One. Yes. Force and Zeth. It does. Bonus. He ended his career working in the Honolulu shop Chinatown. For 10 points each, identified this one time Navy man who became well known for Asian influenced tattoos. What? What? What's no famous tattoo artist, I guess? I, I have no idea. Yeah, okay. No? This is Norman Sailor Jerry Collins. What the hell is that? Collins was first inked in 1938 when he joined this governmental organization promoted by the village people. The Navy, as they said in the first part. Correct. (laughs) Interestingly (laughs) enough, Collins' Honolulu shop was noted for its use of this as wallpaper. Tattoo artists use it to make trace patterns. Uh, Like stencils? Yeah, sure, it's stencils. No, this is flash paper. Puzzle 2. Their obsession with avant-garde art is displayed in the cover art of their 2005 album based on a portrait of Lilia Brick, and by a song which asks the object of the narrator's affection will continue to be Camille Claudel in 17 years, Outsiders. They were inspired by a racehorse to pick their alliterative name, whose death framed the narrative for the B-side. This is Friends for the Correct. I know they had a song about Camille Claudel. That's exciting. Bonus two, Dr. Tepper plans to give everyone in America who signs up a free can because yeah, this album will come out yeah. before December 31st through Best Buy in yeah. For 10 points each, name this album that for 14 years has been the anticipated follow-up to Use Your Illusion by L.A. Rockers, Guns N' Roses, Chinese Democracy. Correct. The first track from Chinese Democracy to hit ears is this song on Rock Band 2. In it, Axel Rose wails about having an itchy finger and there will be hell to pay. Shackles Revenge. Correct. This Kevin Kogel blog leaked nine songs from Chinese Democracy, leading him to be arrested by the FBI in late August. I read about this... Okay, so let's assume it's a Guns N' Roses fan site. What would that be called? It wasn't a Guns N' Roses fan site. Right, well, then I, don't I hate Guns N' Roses. This is antiquiet.com. That's one. It's a lot of track. Awesome. Three. His, quote, official online presence notes his work as the lover of sign language instructor and speech therapist Ethel Horowitz, the deaf SS officer Lineman Fatty in If You Could Hear What I See. He was introduced to Shakespeare by Max Bailey in a juvenile detention center in Perth, which led him to a role on the short-lived drama Rap Street, a hip-hop crime drama in his native Australia. The six-time Crying Monkey Award winner visited the Murr Space Station for, re- for research for his film Moonshot, while he gained mass acclaim for playing a homosexual monk alongside Tobey Maguire in the costume drama Satan's Alley. He was recently... Kirk Lazarus? Yes. Bonus. Identify these films starring the mildly funny Ryan Reynolds for ten points each. Reynolds appears as a male nurse in this 2004 film that, in addition to making Cal Penn a superstar, reminded viewers of the awesomeness of Sliders and Neil Patrick Harris. Come on, go to White Castle. Oh, yeah. Come on, go to White Correct. Reynolds plays protagonist Chris in this 2005 movie co-starring Amy Smart, who spends nearly the entire movie completely disinterested in his romantic overtures. What the hell is this? Is this like Peter Pitch or is that? No, it's going to be I don't know. This is just friends. Reynolds stars as George Lutz in this decidedly not funny 2005 horror film, a remake of a 1979 movie starring James Brolin about a family's dream home being infested with paranormal. Is that the name of the remake? I think it is. Amityville Horror? 20. Yeah. Four. In one episode of this show, the protagonist explains his abilities by beating Sheriff McAllister six times in a row at rock, paper, scissors. Later in that episode, he uses a method that he claims worked on the chicken to awkwardly attempt to seduce truth out of Rick Rakel, or Rick Well, a friend of supporting character Kimball Cho. 
Its protagonist's family died five years before its pilot at the hands of the serial killer Red John, who in that episode gets cleared of further murders. CBI features prominently in this show, though not as a bad quizball organization, and instead as the employer of characters Teresa Lisbon and the protagonist, an admitted fraud psychic. Simon Bart... It's like, psych? Uh, Nick Five. Okay. Simon Baker portrays for 10 points what titular character of a new CBS drama following the life of Patrick Jane? So let me psych. Uh, no penalty, the mentalist. Yes. I have the graphic. Uh, I wonder if anyone in this tournament watched that show. And I've seen it, and I don't blame you. They lost their first game to the Minnesota Timberwolves, going down by six in a game in Billings, Montana. Their future home preseason games will be played at the BOK Center, the home of their D-League affiliate, the Tulsa, the Tulsa 66ers. Its owners, namely let lead owner... This is got to be Oklahoma City. Yes. Where the hell were they going with that? It's like straight hey, to wherever Tulsa, Tulsa is. the first one. It's obviously an NBA team that's moved. Bonus. Then owner Abe Pollen wanted to change his team's name to something considerably less violent for 10 points each. Pollen changed Bullets. this team's name to Wizards after being called yeah, this Bullets. since 1963. Bullets. Correct. The Bullets changed their name upon arriving in this city, then also known for being the home of the Colts. Baltimore. Yes. Yeah. Baltimore. Correct. The original Bullets franchise spent their first two seasons in this city, where they were known as the Packers and Zephyrs. I want to say Chicago for some reason. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. Chicago. 30. Mm-hmm. Meatpacking, wind. Oh, yeah, it could be anywhere in the Midwest. Though. Yeah. Good wind. He's got a lot of meatpacking. Cosmic 6. One YouTube video of this sees its main character, whom its creator has named Bosch or Dude, jump a shark, while another sees him escaping a one eyed giant. The most famous video is set to tank by the seatbelts and features a huge log, a cabin, a snowman, and a ton of objects of the objects in its title, Jagged Peak Adventure. For some reason, the sequel for the Wii, Unbound. Line Rider. Yes. Did it stop playing up on two, or did I not agree? It lit up kind of. Okay. You can just say yeah, I should just jump on there. Yes, a bonus. Fans hated this game for only having 63 of its series 151 characters. For 10 points each, name this N64 game where players roll around in a dune buggy taking oh, pictures for Professor Oak. Yeah, second Pokemon game. Pokemon Snap. Pokemon Snap. Pokemon Snap. In the game, players act as this photographer, whose last name is revealed in Pokemon Anime as Snap. He never appears again. Todd. Yes. Pokemon Snap was the first Pokemon game released for the This Wii Shop feature that reworked games as old as the NES. This is the Virtual Console. The Wii Virtual Console. 30. Do yeah. people actually enjoy taking pictures of a Pokemon? Do Pokemon yes. Snap is the actually yeah, a pretty surprise that like four-year-olds enjoy. I thought it was pretty dumb, but other people like it. Okay. It's like an hour-long game. seven, Leo Wolford's nickname is shared with a single by this group featuring Slim Thugs subtitled What It Do. Delays from Jive Records, emphasis on pop music, led to their forming of the Re-Up Gang with Ableiva and Sandman. That group released a series of mixtapes in the interim before 2006's Hell Hath No Fury. They appear as part of the clones doing a rework of a 2002 song, Cop Damn, while they saw a brief pop stardom rapping on Justin Timberlake's Like I Love You. They're best known for an album cut as members of the Star Trek crew, which features songs about lying about settling down to screw Faith Evans, Ma, I Don't Really Love Her, as well as bigger singles like When the Last Time and a summer anthem about being famous thanks to production by their friend Pharrell Williams' Grindin. Brother Malice and Pusha T are, for 10 points, what rap duo best known for 2002's Lord Lillard. Neptunes? That's just uh, a no, production no, no, no. group. Um, this was 
as time as this clips. Wow, that's really wow. obscure. That is really obscure. That was I think I've heard that grinding song. Okay. It's protagonist and his partner, Harry Temple, received an award early in this film for the failed killing of its arch-villain, a former specialist for the Atlanta Bomb Squad. It's noted for prominent product placement, namely in its use of GM's new look, and is mainly set in the then-unopened I-110 stacks. Mac McMahon, portrayed by Joe Morton, substitutes his usual job as SWAT team co-coordinator or SWAT team coordinator for a traffic reporter in this movie, which circles around the maniacal planes, uh, plans of Howard Payne. The film is best known for a one-take shot of an overpass jump and its two stars making out on a rolling floor panel in the lax runway. Keanu Reeves. I buzzed in speed. Yes. I thought it was yeah, speed, so it but is. I didn't like recognize the character. Mm-hmm. Bonus. He managed to pick up uh, a badger fumble and run six straight plays for a touchdown in 1928 while sporting a center cracked vertebrae for 10 points each. In this legendary pullback and tackle for the University of Minnesota, the namesake of college football's award for best defensive player. Legend says that a member of the Chicago Bears, Nagurski, or le- legend says that a member of the Chicago Bears, Nagurski, noted to his coach that the last guy gave me quite a nick. That last guy was the brick wall at this stadium, whose walls are now covered in ivy. Wrigley Field. Yes. After his playing career, Nagurski oh. retired to this Minnesota city, which finally settled a trademark dispute with the Colorado city to call itself the Icebox of the Nation. International. The film Three Girls About Town ends with most of the cast doing this to Charity Banner. John and Patrick Wayne give each other hard metal objects to help do this action at two points in McClintock, and Nick Charles does this while saying, this will show you the power of the press, in The Thin Man Goes Home. Also ending Act 1 of Kiss Me, Kate, this act concludes Amanda's rub-down session in Adam's Rib and is done by Peter Warren after Ellie Andrews claims her father was a great piggybacker in It Happened One Night. A more recent example occurs as one character reads a letter to Mr. Garvey that Edward Gray finds unacceptably error-ridden. For ten points in this act, notably performed on Maggie Gyllenhaal in Secretary, a form of corporal punishment. Spanking? Yes. Oh, they're kind of blank. There's spanking in It Happened One Night? Among the participants in its attempted shutdown was a flamboyantly gay assistant building manager for 10 points each. Name is Corollary to Minnesota Open, written by Andrew Hart, which took place during the writing of the last Rob Pilatus packet. Uh, well, what the Minnesota is that the the literature tournament? Is that the, liter- is that the lit one or the deep bench one? Minnesota, Minnesota literature tournament? Uh, uh, I think that's the answer. Counter? Yes. It's happening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> This site opted out of running lit doubles on Saturday night, instead originally attempting run to run the main event in the evening after Rob Plotus in the morning. This site? Oh, Kaufman? Like, no, like, no, I mean, like, are they Memorial University? This is Stanford University. Yeah, I thought oh, they were talking. This site came at the last moment to run an yeah, encounter, right. but didn't run Rob Plotus, opting for their perpetually terrible Big Lots trash tournament that features UTC. visual aid bonuses. UTC. Yes. Okay. Ooh, making fun of <laughs> big lots. So, this is a strong claim here. Yeah. Hot, hot off the press. It, it exists. Like your auto fellatio. Who did this? He was cited in an ESPN report about college coaches and agents looking into extremely young players. That report cited in a newspaper article calling him a phenom at age 13. During that 7th grade year, he scored 27 points in his debut for the Rose Hill Christian Academy's varsity team. He moved to Cincinnati with his spiritual uh, grandfather. Mayo? Yes. Nice. Who? 
bonus. One of the protagonists keeps a witness talking all night by continuously asking for more copy for ten points each, identify this film in which the actions of G. Gordon Liddy in Creep are investigated by the Washington Post journalists Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein. Oh, the President's Men? Yes. Yeah. Carl Bernstein was portrayed by this method actor, also known for such roles as Captain Hook in Hook and Stanley Moss in White Dustin Hoffman. Yes. Hoffman starred in this film based on a David Mehmet play of the same name as Teach, who tries to steal a coin collection and, according to Wikipedia, utters the word cunt numerous times. American Buffalo, right? American yeah. Buffalo. That is 30. Nice. And we move to toss up the 11. Let's so do as a half, I have 180 to 85. Yep. All right. Then we'll continue with toss up the 11. And they keep cutting pages of this order. All right. This film's protagonist frequently hangs at a coffee shop with characters played by Cal Penn, Nick Swartzen, and Kylie Lefkowitz, and he claims that he could, quote, tell you stories, make you, your caterer cry. Cal Penn's character complains of lemon-scented aromatherapy candles in an early scene, and in the final scene, Haji wields a Stinger rocket launcher with four missiles. The protagonist's ignorance of any real danger allows him to get in good with Tech, though he shoots himself in the foot, leading Tech to think that Chandra is giving him head. The plot begins after the protagonist attempts to support his father's campaign with an unexpected lame rap performance, leading to that gubernatorial candidate to have his campaign manager hire Sean and TJ. This is Malibu's most wanted. This is Malibu's most wanted. I recognized it from the beginning, but couldn't remember the name of the film. That's your bonus. Notable stupid lyrics on this album include Never Let Me Slip, Cause if I slip, then I slip it. For ten points each. Sounds like rap to me. Name this '92 Dr. Dre album named for high-grade cannabis that drove chron- Snoop Dogg yes. on tracks like "Nothing But a G Thing." The Chronic. Yes. On this track, Dre disses former N.W.A. bandmate Easy E, saying, "Strap on your Compton hat, you locks, and watch your back, cause you might get smoked, locks." Snoop Dogg makes the most sense of the situation, doing his bow wow rap before saying, "Death rose in the motherfucking okay. house." Yeah, yeah. It's um. Uh, Fuck with Dre Day. Yes. In the video for Let Me Ride, this rapper effectively ends the beef between himself and Dre by referencing his single It Was a Good Day while strolling That's like a pimp out of the Yeah. yeah. Ice Cube. This is 30 bonus. Well done. 30 And why not? Also 12. Two spots in this crew transitioned for a short while before settling with Scorpio and Raheem. One member criticized a friend by saying that he and his new job in the army would go hip hop, hip hop in an early rap battle, giving the genre a name. Another is credited with being the first rapper to call himself an MC. That member took over the group as one member departed for a solo career and caught fame for songs that upped Jesse Jackson's political career as well as the or as well as the ironic party anthem Come Empty Cocaine Rhyme, 1983's White Lines Don't Do It. Um, Grandmaster Flash, The Furious Five? Yes. Hold up. Uh, bonus. The most annoying part of Rick Sanchez's afternoon show on CNN is his insistence that people using this service deserve to have their 140 characters heard. For 10 points each, name the site that lets you microblog by texting the site. Twitter. Twitter, yeah. Twitter. Yes. In April of 2008, this Berkeley grad student and his translator was sprung from a Cairo jail by getting a hold of his friends through a tweet, alerting them that the Egyptian government busted their photography of an anti mubarak protest. Really? What's this name? Wow. Like... I definitely read about this, but who the hell cares about what his name was? No, no idea. No, James Buck. Twitter's code is based on this open-source framework noted for overusing JavaScripts like Prototype and Script.aculo.us, as well as for model view controller architecture. It's like Ruby on Rails. Is this like JSON? Is this... Um, You're going to have to tell us. Answer. Uh, JSON. Ruby on Rails. Ten. Sucks. Uh, this is 
framework. Plus a 13, Wikipedia calls him the most highly recruited two-sport athlete from his region since CFL legend Tom Clemens. His statement that the NBA would keep him from getting beat up as much led Jamie Dixon to push for him to stay in-state to play basketball at Pitt. Rich Rodriguez's move from West Virginia reportedly increased his interest in Michigan, which would have seen him play with cousin Tony Clemens. In addition to leading an offense that scored a Pennsylvania record 860 points in 2007 at Jeanette High School, he became the first quarterback in state history to pass and rush for over 4,000 yards. He combined for 92 yards in a September 13 loss that saw him hit, that saw his team drop from number five to number four. Terrell Pryor. Yes. Bonus. Uh, he trails only Lou Gehrig for lifetime doubles as a Yankee. For 10 points each, identifies his former Yankee center fielder, the first player to win a gold glove, the batting title, and the World Series in one year, an aspiring jazz guitarist. That's pretty much what I'm saying. What? Yes. Along with Mike Lowell and Javier Vasquez, Williams represented this polity in the much maligned 2006 World Baseball Classic. Carlos Beltran and the Alomars also hail from here. Puerto Rico? Yes. Puerto Rico team was managed by this former utility player for the Mets, who earned the first decision in 20 years by a non-pitcher when he threw two innings against the Braves. He set a major league record low of three errors in a 150-plus game season in 1990, is currently the third base coach for the St. Louis Cardinals. Kendall also played for the Cardinals, but uh, there's that other dude who like, did that thing where he played the positions in one game also played the Mets. But since I don't know his name, I'm going to say, I'll say, oh, Kendall. 30. And a lead change. Yep. Puzzle 14. Chris Romero tried to edit out stuff or something, leaving a hyphen D in its announcement thread. One person involved with it praised Shady Side's attitude and performance. Uh, EBS. No. Uh, the, uh, what, uh, Fuck. 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 And the author of one post preempts a mention of it, stating that he could only beg forgiveness in USC's position. A proxy account spares blame on shorter college, and with one post today, it points to an Irina Prozorov question with one unique clue. A portrait of Nicholas II was posted by a proxy who conflates three Russia Alexanders, much like a toss-up in this tournament. Subtitled Crime on Goat Island, and seen as ironic in light of its co-director's handing of a sword bowl in the same year for ten points, in this horribly conceived tournament directed by Eric Fordler and Jerry Vinokurov and ECSO at Carnegie Mellon She asks, what would I give if I could live out of these waters in part of your world? And is delighted with her new hair care device, the Dingle Hopper, for 10 points each. Identify this red-headed, fish-tailed Disney princess who longs to be human and tries to comb her hair with a yeah. fork in the Little Mermaid. Ariel. Ariel. Yeah, I think we got the point. Ariel receives the fork from this scavenging seagull, voiced by Buddy Hackett, who also gives her a gift of a pipe, upon which he bestows the name Snorplat. Ariel's love, Prince Eric, is assisted throughout the film by this old and stuffy major domo who dresses in black and gets seasick and enjoys crab. Yeah, I don't know those guys' names. Not really deep little mermaid now. Just answer. A little mermaid? Is there like a big mermaid? This is Grimsby. 10 on your bonus. Toss of 15. Uh, one of his works depicts the homosexual affair of Yo Joseph and Anset, the latter of whom is trained in the title profession Songmaster, though he has sought to reclaim his religious credentials in Sarah, Rebecca, and other novels from his Women of Genesis series. A better-known series involved the escaped slave Arthur Stewart, who is befriended by a seventh son of a seventh son of the colonial American West and works like Red Butt. Orson Scott Hart. Yes. Bonus. Answer the following about Chris Ray's favorite subject, candy bar 
Jizz. Wow, this joke is way overused. This is like the fifth this joke about that. The Chris Ray loves quiz bowl so much that he could probably qualify as one of these boxes of tiny sour blobs that often come in pairs of flavors like strawberry and electric blue. Oh, Warheads. Nerds. Oh. oh. oh okay. When Chris Ray travels to Spain as Esteban Cordoba, he will be sure to find in the duty free shop this little chocolate bar containing nougat, honey, and almond shaped like the Matterhorn Mountains. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Chris Ray would love this tacky Australian candy not only for its sweet texture points. and sweet raspberry yeah. flavor, but also because it shares a name with a team represented by his ubiquitous jacket. Uh, Where's the Washington Reds? I beat him. Yes, 20. My junior year, I scored 170 something points per game in Tulsa. We have a score check. I have 230 to 180. Yep. Okay, five questions to go. Of 16. This film opens with a monologue by an unseen member of the Constantinople black market who never is identified or involved in the plot. This protagonist is mocked by Mr. Craven for invoking Zane Grey during an unplanned speech on the modern novel after running from Baron Kurtz, who had killed the porter in Hebrew. Plus, the third man. Yes. yes. Bonus. One strip typical of this webcomic depicts some marriage vows interrupted when the groom objects to the line, till death do us part, declaring that he's a necrophiliac, not to mention one in which Jesus justifies the fact that he does his own taxes by explaining that he used to be Jewish for ten points each. Identify this comic starring a lot of nameless characters as well as some superheroes, including Captain Obvious and Ass Rape Man. This is Explosum. Yeah. Explosum. This is Cyanide and Happiness. It's hosted at Explosum. This superhero is named after the offensive interjection he'll shout, generally causing disorder. Uh, wow, is this gonna not have an easy part? Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I would have 30 it anyway. Ass rape man? This is lol fag fag. Quote This superhero uses his x ray vision to determine why a woman is experiencing morning sickness, then explains that she slash was wasn't slash a good idea. pregnant, asking if she's ever irradiated a fetus before. Explosum's <laughs> like, easy part, huh? Abortion man. This is super jerk. Zero on the one. I read that comic before. You read it no. religiously? <laughs> I read a few of them. This team is known for running satirical advertising on its players, including one comparing an infielder to Dudley Do-Right and one with the pitching staff singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game under the direction of pitching coach Rick Anderson. Uh, Minnesota? Yes. Instead of the actual science of propulsion, this book's focus is mainly on characters like Wally Shura and Central Grissom. Exactly. Ten points each named his 1979 book that detailed the early years of NASA radio. Awesomely dressed, embedded social reporter Tom Wolfe. The right stuff. Yes. The right stuff was inspired by Wolfe's work covering the Apollo missions for this magazine, head edited and published to this day by Jan Leonard. Jan Leonard. Oh, is that Scribner's? Is that Rolling Stone? Answer? Rolling Stone. Yes. Yeah. Wolf's first major space story for Rolling Stone was this four-part series detailing this psychiatric issue, a clinical depression suffered by astronauts after their flights. Uh, I don't know. PTSD. I don't know. It's not PTSD. I know it's not PTSD. Answer. PTSD. This is post-orbital response. 20. What the fuck? 18. Fuck. One movie recently filmed in this nation is German Volker Schlondorf's Ulzan. Another is the recent festival, Darling, The Gift of Stalin. Its most famous director filmed a work about Mansur's attempts to unite its tribes, Nomad, and a film in which... It's like films of Kazakhstan? This is films of Kazakhstan. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think the giveaway was? Or, uh, uh, that's about as funny at this point as the candy thing. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, the bonus. 
It originally focused on the Horton family, but has since evolved to center on the Brady and Demira families as well. For 10 points each, identify this NBC soap opera that tells of both the working at home lives of doctors and other professionals, including Maggie Porter, and Marlena Evans, and Salem, and often contain supernatural storylines. Supernatural storylines. Is that called, like, is it? What's that one? General Hospital is obviously about it's a not doctor. The Are we, okay, no, so not like answer. as the world turns answer. or as the world turns? This is Days of Our Lives. Days of Our Lives. This character in Days of Our oh Lives God. was killed by a robot in 1983 and once drugged donuts she fed to Roman Brady to provide his innocence. Although she was killed off by the Salem murderer in 2004, this Horton family matriarch continues to appear on the show and she's appeared in every season of the show since 1965. Can you guess a female name? Yeah. Ellen. I think this is the person played by Helen Mary, maybe, but I don't know the character name. Answer? Sarah. This is Alice Horton. In Friends, Joey Tribbiani had a recurring role on Days of Our Lives as this neurosurgeon who was originally killed off by falling down the elevator shaft, but was resurrected by supplanting a female brain um, into his body. Oh shit, this is Dr. Remore, right? Is it? That might be it. Remore? Correct. Yeah, okay. I watched the like, first season of Friends 12 years ago, and I remember everything about it, apparently. We're, we're, we're still technically in this game. Right, right? Every day since she was born. I take it you check it out. Come on, let's get another class about Minnesota. Okay, two questions to go. Class 19. One strip of this comic features a deer with a laser eye, while in another, a priest yells, Sons of the Most High, before going into the emergency room. In one strip, Belial's constant is boobs. And another sees a dead turtle after its owner is interrupted from taking care of your turtle by a declaration of let's do it and never stop. More well-known strips. XKCD. Uh, Nick Five. Hmm. Uh, more well-known strips feature a boy praying to have his grandfather come alive for one more day, only for him to be lying in his grave. Uh, Sergeant Grumble's eating honey, and a spanking line initiated by the word weeaboo. Often featuring people with completely round heads and no nose, for 10 points, named this semi-retired webcomic drawn by Nicholas Gurwich, named after a church in Maine. 2-1 comics. This distribution oh, I was talking about. Never stop also appeared no, in XKCD. This is the Paramount reference to the PDF. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's what we were doing on the buzzers. This tournament really blows. So far, yes, it does. And last toss-up. The central object of this work can be used as shirt, sock, glove, or hat, and even as carpet, pillow, sheet, curtains, and bicycle seats. While three animals... This is the need from the Lorax. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it is. I, I was buzzing there. Yeah, good job. Was it going for the Lorax? It just wanted the Lorax, yeah. 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 Um, identify these wide receivers, all of whom played part of their careers in Pittsburgh for 10 points each. This receiver is perhaps most famous for launching a beautiful touchdown pass to Heinz Ward in Super Bowl, uh, that would be 40. The year after the Steelers gave up Glasgow Burris to the Giants, they let this talent walk to a different NFC East team. Right along. The following year, which saw the departure of Ken Weisenhunt to the Arizona Cardinals, the Steelers let this special team specialist, a veteran they'd signed from the Eagles in 2004, go to the cards as well. Um, Brian Mitchell. Uh, Brian Mitchell. This is Sean Moray. Uh, this wide receiver started out with the Chargers, but played for the Steelers from 1992 to 1997, after which he left for the Oilers. He caught a fantastic last-second touchdown, schooling Deion Sanders before halftime in Super Bowl 30. He was also a fine possession receiver in Super Bowl 14, or, yeah, 14 for the Titans. That doesn't make any 34 sense. 34 for the Yeah, so I think that's what they meant, but well, they left out. Who's the wide receiver who played for the Titans? Uh, Dyson played for the... Okay. Dyson. This is Stigpen. Uh, 